the Client Pipe Podcast. So, Steve, you have a story to tell us today. Well, the reason you and I have talked about this subject so much, uh, or at least the way, the reason I've introduced this or raised this with you is because this is probably the biggest conundrum, the biggest problem I've wanted to crack through my entire professional life. Um, I didn't understand what the problem was for most of the time. Um, but, you know, for I, I, almost from the beginning, I, I anticipated that I might exit my corporate career. I was going to run a traditional corporate career for as long as it could go. But if things didn't work out, I'd, I'd exit. And I always thought, oh, you know, wouldn't it be, be great to have all the freedom of a freelancer and then all the the luxuries of corporate life? And so I believed that striking out on my own was the way to get that done. Um, the mistake was uh, I didn't give a lot of attention, attention to how to attract uh, clients and, and engagements. And I only knew my trade skill, how to, how to do my work. And uh, so that's how years, and I almost don't want to admit, you know, decades clicked by um, life just happening, but knowing how, how does this work? How are other people out there thriving? And I'm still here on the sidelines and in my regular job. So yeah, that was, you know, I, I would oscillate between sort of uh, self-criticism to, well, this is just something that needs to be solved. Now, weirdly enough, there's got to be a lot of people out there that are really laughing now who are like, come on, man, this is obvious. This is everybody who's out there thriving. This, this has got to be kind of second nature to them and not even under consideration. But uh, I wanted to get this out there because I have a hunch that I'm not the only one, that there's probably other people who either want to jump or have already jumped and but yet still haven't totally got it down to a rhythm where it's uh, relatively straightforward to attract engagements into their professional life. And so, yeah, for me, this, this is the key. This is, for me, this is everything. I can talk about this forever, uh, all the different ways to solve this. Um, and, you know, we have solved a lot of it. So, so yeah, uh, for me, that's my story. It's been the big limiter of my professional life. Yeah, I mean, it seems obvious uh, that, oh, well, if you, you want to be self-employed, uh, you need clients. Although um, I want to excuse a little bit of that because there's a distinction between being self-employed and, and running a business. Um, they are often treated as synonymous. You know, there's so many people that will say, well, if you're self-employed, you're running a business, you have to think like you're running a business. Well, they're saying the same things we are. You have to think about all the consideration that are necessary in running a business, like attracting clients and uh, maintaining your taxes and uh, building a brand and all of that. Um, but not everybody that wants to work for themselves really wants to create the entity, maintain, you know, the corporate minutes and all of the, uh, the nonsensical paperwork and accounting jazz. Um, but they, they want to go to work or it's on a 1099 basis or what have you. And in that sense, increasingly the business has become symbolic. I see all these people that say, well, I'm John Smith and I've started John Smith LLC. And I'm like, okay, great. So what you've basically done is saddle yourself with all of the <laughs> the headaches of running a, an entity, but have you has your business grown as a result of naming it naming yourself John Smith LLC versus John Smith? And so there is a point to be made there, which is skills aren't enough. Uh, the skill, the having a being brilliant at your trade skill is important, but skills aren't enough uh, for two reasons. Number one is 
um, you have to prioritize attracting clients. And when somebody says everybody's a business, that's really what they mean is um, it's not make sure you do your accounting. It's um, to take yourself seriously as a self-employed individual or somebody that gets work on the side. If you're side hustling while you maintain your job, you're going to have to prioritize attracting clients over everything. Uh, you're going to have to prioritize and that magic buzzword immediately sort of shuts people down. I'm not a sales guy. I'm afraid of selling. And we're going to be addressing that in, in future episodes of the podcast, but um, in, in helping people solve precisely that problem. So we're not going to say everybody, but everybody has to think about how do I get. And this is uh, sort of the, the first question I want to ask you, which is, um, it strikes me that in order to get clients, um, you've said um, to me in the past, that you need to sort of have a frame for your trade skill. Trade skills aren't enough. But they're, without a trade skill, you can't attract. But simply saying, I have this trade skill isn't enough either. You need to frame that trade skill as a problem solution. So you need to think about what people's needs are, how what your trade skill does solves, meets that need or solves a, a clear problem. They you need to be, get as clear and specific about uh, the, the problem you'd like to solve and find a way that you can communicate that and show that to people. And that seems to be the, the core that is that becomes synonymous with attracting clients, or at least the uh, the raison d'etre, the, re, the reason for the the same meaning essentially. But what do you think about? It? Well, it, that's it's foundational. It's a starting point. Um, um, it's a prerequisite. But um, and 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 that alone, being able to reduce down um, everything about our career and our professional life down to something more simplistic that others can understand, is is something that. I think a lot of people have a hard time with. I mean, you see that in resume feedback. You see it in in a business coaching. Like, hey, the customer's not going to understand. They can't connect. They don't. They don't know that you can solve their problem. Um, but uh, just also referencing, we were talking about business and moving between. Is it a group of people or a single person? Um, when we when we talk about this thing about related selling, um, whether you're a, a single person or working with a team. Um, either in a, you know, a collaboration or as a company, there are business functions that I didn't totally get um, that, that have to be replicated, which is this, we were shifting into, okay, let's talk about selling and what you need to do, you know, being able to articulate very clearly uh, problems that can, you can solve is kind of a prerequisite. But moving beyond that, we still have the entire client uh, acquisition or meeting people, finding people who can who need what we have and getting them to ask us to solve it for a, for a price. That whole process is a large part of what a business does. And I was starting out from the perspective, well, you know, this is what I can do operationally. This is what I solve. This is my trade skill. Um, this goes back to, uh, I'm still, I'm a huge fan, as you know, of, of Michael Gerber and the e-myth. I believe it's still valid. Actually, I think it's more valid today than it was 20, 25 years ago. When he was first coming out with it, um, and his his whole beef, his his mission in life was to break this belief. As I had, ironically, I was a fan of Michael Gerber back then, and I thought it only applied to businesses. I didn't get, hey, you got to solve this if you're going to go out solo or be an independent professional. <laughs> um, I thought there was some more magic to it, um, but any, anyway, his whole point is thousands, millions of people with some sort of specialty or trade skill experience have a, um, a build it and they will come or other people are able to do this. Surely if I just go out there and go for it, it will happen. And, and the, the big 
shift for me, and and this is what Gerber was saying also, um, is no, you you actually have to think about this deliberately and really connect. And if you can't do that, if you can't describe um, what problems you solve and what kind of people you can solve them for, then they're not going to figure it out for you. Um, and this is also true in just the regular traditional job market. If your resume is really vague and you make it the burden, you put the burden on the other person who's reading your resume to figure out what you can solve for them, you don't get as many offers. So that in that part, it's actually very similar to, to the job market. So, um, uh, so uh, this, going back to your point, yes, the starting point is to be able to reduce down a subset of what your professional life is to something that is that solves other people's problems and is valuable to them to be solved. Well, I, I also I have a particular bias, I would say, against um, the problem of distraction. So uh, because people hear this and they, they think, yes, uh, I need to prioritize client acquisition. Uh, but, you know, the immediate thought after we say that is that's hard. I mean, it's much easier to pay some guy to design a logo than it is to or to get your resume in order again or or whatever than it is or to build a website than it is to um, focus on client acquisition. You know, I knew a couple of guys that, um, you know, these were IT server and software guys and they wanted to be independent professionals. And so they felt they were doing all the right things. So they opened, they, they rented uh, a rather large office across from the coffee shop where we used to hang out. And so you'd watch them. They'd spend a lot of the time at the coffee shop talking about how, what the business was going to look like and their, their massive goals and, and everything. But mostly they rented an office and then they paid a lot for a sign and then they did a logo and stationery and business cards and a new website and it went on and on. And uh, you'd talk to them at the three-month mark and the six-month mark and the nine-month mark and the one-year mark. And, uh, you know, uh, so how's it going? It's like, wow, we're, we're making great progress. And it's like, yeah, yeah, how many clients do you have? Well, none yet, but. And, and so they, spent a, they drank a lot of coffee during that time. And, you know, I think the distractions tend to woo us away. The first step is not to form an LLC, to create a logo, to open a bank account. The first step is client acquisition. And I think, you know, what you kind of underscored as if step one is always client acquisition. And that, that's pretty standard wisdom among really successful entrepreneurs who are starting, serial entrepreneurs who are starting their fourth or fifth business. They say, look, don't build it until you have so many clients you're forced to build it. So first, just get the clients and then, you know, the infrastructure, you know, don't open an, a giant restaurant that seats 400 when you don't have one client. Have people backed up out the door and figure out how to expand. So uh, I think you underscored an A and a B. And so the first step, if the first step is client acquisition, A is research what your prospective audience's pain points are uh, and, you know, translate the need into something as specific as you can. And then B is to frame your trade skill as a solution to uh, those core needs. So um, distractions for me are the enemy. Yeah, 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 for, uh, for sure. And for some of us who have been, if, if we want to go out to my, for example, I'm my trade skill background uh, professional skill is project management uh, related to implementation of HR, payroll, employee time, enterprise apps. So kind of a narrow thing. So for me, it was pretty easy to understand what those pain points are. That's a fast exercise. But then the, the next step of actually doing it and finding those people is that that was where it was, uh, you know, kind of falling off a cliff into, into a pit of darkness. Um, I remember years ago, I read this post um, on 
entrepreneurial startups and and freelancing and it was it was focused on you know, the whole spectrum um uh of of that type of uh professional freedom and they it said the point of that post was you should be spending 40% of your time on sales development you know new client relationships and and I did a, a holy smokes you know really 40% of our time is 2 days a week so if we imagine we normally earn a living um, by working five days a week. And so now in this new life, I got to earn a living off of the three days and, and the two days were basically developing new business. And that revealed a, the key flaw in thinking in myself, I think, which is when we're on a job, we're used to earning a living off of five days a week and we're used to billing at that lower rate. Um, and so there's, there's some components in there. Yeah, you've got to bill so that you're, client acquisition process is covered. Um, but also, it's not that we're just marking up to earn more. What we miss is that activity when we're working with prospective clients on Tuesday and Thursday in this example. There, that is value too that is worth paying for. And I think we miss as non-sales professionals that solving problems for other people, which is what the sales process does, um, has value in it and not just service delivery once the sale is closed. So there's a, there's a whole bunch of things in there we could end up talking for, forever about. But, um, but yeah, the, this thing about spending enough of your time uh, learning to do that, finding those people, 40% of your schedule was recommended in that post. Um, that's a hard nut to get your head around when you're used to doing service delivery in a traditional job for five days a week, 40 hours a week. So the sum, in summary, uh, we've talked about the need to, to balance uh, client acquisition as the top priority versus operations, secondarily and admin. Uh, our topic today is uh, prioritizing client acquisition, and we'll be dealing with some of the implications of that. The Client Pipe Podcast.